0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach.
1: AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach,
0: Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren. And, oh man, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that intro. Yay! Yeah, that uh, those dulce tones are the voice of Clarice Connolly. Clarice, tell the people who you are and why you're here.
2: Yeah, I'm a women's empowerment coach located in sunny San Diego, working with women worldwide and supporting them through their lives' transitions. And you can find me on empoweringwomen.coach.
0: That would be women, plural, dot .coach, singular. All right, uh, and what are you doing here?
2: I am being your co-host. yeah. <laughs> we call you
0: a special in studio guest co-host because uh-huh. that way you don't need extra pay. Um, <laughs> what's also uh we should say that you've been in uh practice as a coach for how long?
2: Three years in June. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, just coming
0: right up. Uh and me uh twenty three years or so. Uh, master certified coach uh in private practice, but also uh, running a coach training organization and have participated with the ICF Global as well as my local uh, chapter as president and whatnot for a while. Uh, We tell you this just so we build credibility with you and you know that we're, you know, we didn't just fall off a truck and Mm -hmm. start a podcast. Uh, This year podcast has been going for, I want to say 16, is it 16 years? Sounds great. Yeah, thanks. Just play along. That's what I'm asking for. <laughs> uh, and uh, today is a momentous day. It is not only the ultimate um, uh, podcast from uh, f- uh, in May, but it is also the ultimate podcast from our home for all these years, WSRadio.com. We are delighted, honored, and privileged to have worked with Wade Taylor and his uh, team. He's built quite an organization here, originally uh, Chris Murch, and then Wade took over and has built it in his own right and left and all around. Uh, It's an extraordinary organization. We're sad to be leaving and excited about what's next as we create Accomplishment Media. You can find us at accomplishmentmedia.com. But I believe for a time, all of our archives will be right here as well, wsradio.com, so feel free to check it out here. And if you're looking to podcast, uh, I can't recommend Wade and his team here highly enough. Uh, What else should we talk to the people about? Many things are happening.
2: There are so many things I, where do you even start?
0: It's <laughs> I mean, starting there's... to sound like this is getting a lot like Kelly and Kelly and somebody, Kelly and Ryan or whatever it is now. <laughs> we have to knock that up.
2: Okay.
0: In all seriousness, what's happening?
2: Um, well, Accomplishment Media is a really big thing that's happening that's very exciting.
0: True. What's happening over there?
2: Uh, we're creating a one-stop shop, like go-to platform for mm-hmm. very educated coaches doing some very powerful work, spreading some... Really great messages and wisdom and knowledge through like blogs and YouTube videos and publishing all,
0: of these, all sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So accomplishment media meant to be the home of uh, for people who are interested in unleashing the greatness of humans of mm-hmm. uh, f- fully realizing their power, their purpose, and their um, passion in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else is happening in the world? Uh, Roseanne canceled. Look at that! Somebody did something right for the right reason, even in the face of money even in the face of potentially losing money. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: what else do we need to talk about? We should talk about accomplishment coaching. Yeah,
2: that's where was going. I you didn't wanna... know where Roseanne came from, but that's okay. I'm just we're...
0: thinking about the world. Okay. We got. Uh, we just had the conversation among Masters Conference in yep. New Orleans. I've got uh, much to say about that conference. We spent a day with Julio Alaya of the Newfield Network of Pioneer and Ontological Coaching. We spent a day with Cheryl Richardson. Many of us know from her multiple appearances on Oprah and... Um, books and I think every coach probably has a Cheryl Richardson book on their bookshelf somewhere. Um, we also talked to David David Hoole. David Hool. He's a futurist. We're gonna have him on the program. He um he uh gets paid to know stuff about the future and that's always fun. As well as uh Coach Meg. Remember we had Coach Meg here? Yeah. Yeah she's amazing and she brought her Uh, research-based information about coaching to us. When we talked about the future, you know, we talked about AI and how AI impacts coaching and can impact coaching. And um, he actually suggested that coaching was one of the two main industries, coaching and the law of all things, that would be uh, most subject to being taken over by AI, being replaced by essentially a robot.
2: Interesting. I can't imagine how that's actually possible, but okay.
0: You, you know who would say that? A robot. <laughs> very good. Very good. And also that? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, you can hear it. You can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. What would you like to say? Uh, what would you like to talk about today? A robot could do this. All right. Um, what else is happening? Um, Accomplishment coaching. Accomplishment coaching. Longtime sponsor of this program, continuing sponsor of this program, the home of the world's finest coach training program. What do you want to say about it?
2: It's amazing. It's literally, if you're looking for the Ivy League of coach training programs, it's the most intensive, rigorous, in-person hours training. It's not just over the weekend, over a week. It's literally one year long. And you broach every type of topic from relationships to spirituality to money and how you do things everywhere in every aspect of your life. And the coolest part is that they actually offer... An opportunity for you to kind of come in, sit like a fly on the wall, and observe the training programs as they are unfolding in every city that they're available. So it's like a Saturday morning, 10 a.m. till noon. Mm-hmm. You just come in and see if it's for you. And if it's not, you know, no strings attached. They're just not, like send you on your way.
0: Not a sales pitch, not a like a mm-hmm. presentation. You just get to w- watch behind the scenes mm-hmm. of how coach training at the highest level is done. So if I were you, if I were you, I would... Go immediately to accomplishmentcoaching.com, especially if you're near one of these six cities. Ready? San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington.
2: Victoria, British Columbia, Canada.
0: Chicago, Illinois.
2: And New York City.
0: And our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Now, every time I say that, I say Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, which could really use some coaching. Our guest today for the entire hour is somebody who actually has coached and and has worked and is integral in the halls of power in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So we're going to mm-hmm. find out uh, from everything from digital strategy to what it's like to work in teams in Washington, D.C., where teamwork is not necessarily the predominant paradigm. Is that fair to say?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, currently serving our country as a portfolio strategist for the technology transformation service. She built the strategy chapter at 18F. She has deep design leadership experience across industries and business models. And Gail Swanson has a strategy focused approach to design in a wide range of industries. She's been a mentor and a coach and we're delighted to welcome to our microphones, I believe for the first time, Gail Swanson. Mm -hmm. Hello, Gail.
3: Oh, good morning.
0: Good morning. Wow, you're you're much more awake than I. I need to <laughs> catch up. Uh, look around outside. Where do you find yourself today?
3: Uh, so I am in the western suburbs of Chicago. Mm. Very
0: nice. Uh, it's a good place to be from. Yes, where it's a balmy eighty. I'm guessing
3: <laughs> it, it's been pretty hot the last couple of days. It's been a, a really nice change.
0: Well, uh, thank you for being with us today. What does it mean to have a strategy focused approach to design?
3: <laughs> well, it means that I think a lot about context um, when trying to solve a problem, thinking about not just okay, this we need to build a widget that accomplishes a particular thing, mm-hmm. but what is given the resources that we have, given um, the culture and maybe political climate that we have and supporters we have and budget, what is the best we can do with all those considerations
0: okay i like the I like the part about context. I feel like that gives us more clarity of course, I just spent some time with you know the ontological people um let 's talk for a moment about teamwork. my sense of uh, the highest, you know, levels of government, the hallowed halls that you have roamed for a while, uh, <laughs> is that teamwork is not the dominant paradigm there, that the that the overall context is some version of a subversion or at least covering your behind. Is that accurate, or are you finding that teamwork is popping out all over?
3: I, I have found that teamwork is really critical. Um, and actually, the things that make things work that you know the the engine that drives getting things done in government is really the relationships of people working together and i mean there of course there are people that are at at odds with each other or maybe working cross purposes or and also just not aware that somebody else is doing something similar to what you're trying to accomplish but you just haven't crossed paths Mm -hmm. but when you do cross paths then everything gets gets amplified, and that's when you know you really start cooking cooking with gas, as they say.
0: Yeah, I think that one of the things that you deal with, that a lot of people are dealing with, is the the remoteness, the the remote aspect of teamwork. In other words, I kind of I get it. You know, we I, uh, a lot of people talking about John McCain right now, and you know, a lot of retrospectives about his life sort of famous for building relationships first and then using those relationships to build, you know, sort of coalitions of maybe people across the aisle or people of different viewpoints coming together to get something done in government. What I'm aware of is that a lot of that is high touch, right? You've got to be there, you've got to walk into their office, you got to sit down and have a meeting or talk in the hallway. What what are you using? What are some of the strategies that you found either effective or completely ineffective in working with teams that are much further flung, you know, remote teams where many of the members are remote and can't just walk down the hall to interrupt somebody?
3: Well, it's really interesting The we think of government, uh, you know, federal government as being primarily located in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. but actually only a fraction of the federal workforce is in that location. So by nature the government work is distributed across the country and even you know globally honestly so it it really has been a, a good move to have people working together on virtual teams more and i, I found that really reaching out to somebody through you know email or um, we use slack a lot mm-hmm. um, or even just any sort of you know, different, different agencies in government have their different chat vehicles, Uh, just reaching out to somebody on a regular basis or saying, Hey, I, you know, I've heard you're, you're interested in working on this thing. And you know what, that's something I'm really curious about. Can we have a virtual coffee? Mm. That Mm -hmm. stuff is amazing.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Do you take Almond milk in your virtual coffee? or
3: <laughs> no. I, am, I am pretty much strictly either black coffee or, you know, half and half.
0: <laughs> That's very good. All right, so, so you feel like we can do it. You've sort of got a rosy view for somebody who's worked in government for a while. Uh, let's talk about some of your roles um, in terms of leading teams. What are some of the roles you've had in government? How did you get sort of involved in government, and what are your roles there? That's
3: what I don't know. <laughs> well, I was one of the uh, part of that kind of tech movement that Obama started with uh, the U.S. Digital Service, and also with 18F and a few other uh, a few other pockets of folks that were brought in from private industry to serve terms. So basically, short-term appointments. Um, not political appointments. Just you know, there's multiple ways to uh, to actually get a position within government, and so uh, it, you know it's similar to the Presidential Innovation Fellows program, where you come in, you serve for a limited amount of time, you bring your expertise that you've that you've built up being elsewhere, and you bring a different point of view into the government setting, mm-hmm. and so. For me, I was looking for some work that had more meaning and mission to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine said, "Hey, uh, why don't you check out these 18F folks? I think they've got something interesting going on." And and I, and I should say a big thank you to my friend, Russ Unger, who has has been a great mentor to me and does a lot of mentoring for folks. So I, I, I you know, threw, threw my hat in the ring. And so I started off doing experience design. And shortly after that, um, I had an opportunity to start this strategy group
2: mm-hmm.
3: Which, for me, was really wonderful to bring that thinking about context into the very technical work we were doing and taking human-centered design, which is my, that's really my stock and trade for about the past 20 years, taking that and and coupling it with just the the way that my brain works, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, how do we how do we get where we need to go? We know what the solution is. We know how to do good design work. We know how to build good tech. But how do we actually make it successful?
0: And we're talking about user experience, UX. Uh,
3: Yeah, I mean, that's... So that's the direction that I come from. Mm -hmm. But we were doing a a diverse set of work in the strategy group. So it was a, a group of about... 20 folks that really had been doing tech transformation consulting across government, so so that's the model we had been working with and We were having challenges with some of the stuff in government, you know with um, You know different groups are limited in the technology they can use uh, because of security and compatibility and other things and so just walking in and saying, okay, we're going to get you running, you know, doing user research, and we're going to have you uh, building uh, MVPs and running sprints and being agile. That's a lot to, that's a lot of change to throw at people when it could take, you know, six months to a year to get, a piece of software that is critical for you to do a piece of that work.
0: I can hear people turning off their, uh, and changing out of this podcast all over the world. Let's go back a couple steps so that we can catch people up. So there's a lot of jargon here that people may not be familiar with, but in the technology world, Agile, first of all, if you're not familiar with Agile, would you like to describe what the Agile approach is or the Agile methods are?
3: Absolutely. So, Uh, Traditionally, the way that people had been approaching technology was to, before you started building anything, you would spend a lot of time making sure you knew, okay, here are all the requirements. Here are all the things precisely that this must do, how all of the, the pieces of information needed to be stored and what formats and when to ask them and then you'd spend a lot of time designing what the screens would look like mm-hmm. and then you would hand that big pile of paper to a team of developers and they would write the code mm. and and then you'd launch it and find out that you had a lot of faulty assumptions mm. So early 2000s, some people acknowledged that it doesn't matter how good you are, how smart you are, you will never be able to really get right all of the assumptions that Mm -hmm. you need to know. You won't have all the information you need until you actually get something out there um, or you start building it. Mm. So that's where agile came in. It's this idea that you you start with chunks of things and short periods of time and and you you allow for change. You allow for the things that you learn as you're creating a thing, you allow for those those experiences, what you've learned to come back and influence your next steps.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. And that's why it's called agile because it you are you're, you know, letting yourself move and bob and weave as things come at you and and you know you understand the terrain better.
2: Yeah. And you also mentioned 18F. What is 18F for others that may not be familiar with it?
3: Sure. So 18F is a group within the General Services Administration mm-hmm. and they are um so they're a technology consultancy of federal workers that do work across the federal government. So they get to really do a lot of work across government and, and lend their expertise widely, just like you know, external consultants get to do, but it's from a different perspective because mm-hmm. being, being on the inside, you really get to feel how the machinery of government works, and you have to play by the same rules um, as, as the people that, that you're serving and, and you're working shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with as a consultant. That's so cool.
0: So many years ago, I'm old enough to remember that many years ago we were stunned to find out what the, um, what the government had in terms of technology. And, in other words, how low the level of technology was generalized through the federal government uh, you 've watched it over the last several years. Has it improved are you, are we Should we be proud now of what the federal government 's done with technology, or are we still a little bit behind where we where you think we need to go?
3: I think both of those are true hmm. so there there's, there definitely are places where you you find out that Things are being done like with an Excel spreadsheet that's 12 years old, and you look at it, you're like, "Oh, wow, gosh, we, I'm glad I'm here. Let's let's get this moving better. Let's build something better." But then there is also things like the the um, emerging technology office that is focused on helping uh, areas. Use things like blockchain and look into AI and machine learning, and so those things, um, you know, are are really, I wouldn't say ahead of the curve, but you know, really up front
0: in the game. Yeah,
3: yeah. So it really it, you know, the the government's humongous, and and we have to do a ton of work, you know, because we can't pick who we serve. We can't pick target markets and solve some problems and not others. So it, it's, you know, you can't move fast and break things because you break people.
0: The government, right. <laughs> Although yeah. they've been doing an interesting job lately. The, um, in... <laughs> it, no. Yeah. It, it's not a secret. It's in the news. Just go check, yeah, yeah, Facebook or something, wherever you get your news. Um, Alright, let's talk, first of all, <laughs> let's establish are you a Russian bot or are you AI or are you a person, Gail? <laughs>
3: I'm a real live person. Oh, okay. um, I'm not sure how I can prove that to you. Right. Than, no. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what a
0: Russian my... bot would say. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my interpretive dance doesn't work over me.
0: <laughs> Nice. Interpretive dance extra credit. Okay. Um so so let 's say that uh anybody is using the federal government websites, for example, for whatever they 're doing let 's say you want to get uh, a pass to a national park if there are any left let 's say that <laughs> you want to you need to apply for some sort of a permit you 've got to interact with the federal government when you go to a website. this is something that you and the team, other folks at eighteen F have actually worked on to make it as user-friendly, as productive, as effective, as easy to find things as possible. True? True. Yes. Great. And I'm glad to know somebody's doing this because, you know, yay, we need that stuff. And um, thank you for that work. Now, when you come to the humans, because we've got the technology, we've got the agile, we got that. When you come to the humans, what are you finding are some of the biggest issues in government? Is it, is it? Um, I can't imagine that in their current political climate that it's like filled with happy people, Rainbows you know, right, singing the <laughs> Oompa Loompa song every day. What are you what are you dealing with? What are some of the challenges you're running across on the human side?
3: Well, I, you know, it's it's interesting. People who have made their careers in government, they've been there a long time. They are really used to change um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like big P politics. Um, they're they're used to things in different categories changing as different administrations come and go as as you know people in Congress come and go Mm -hmm. and and time changes so that's that's been really amazing how like just steady and calm uh, career government folks are in in the midst of change and most of them they're like okay, the sky's not falling. We'll wait and see what, act- what wow. actually the fallout is. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, you know, there is concern about different things, and, and there is change that at times is disappointing. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, people are kind of survivalists as well. They're used to budgets being small. They're used to being very passionate about doing a really good job um, you know, I've I've found that largely that idea of government workers being complacent and just you know trying to sit it out until retirement that that is really an unfortunate falsehood um, for the people that, that I've worked with.
2: That's awesome, so- and that that sounds going to be our brief intermission. So we're going to come back more and learn more about coaching inside of the government with Gail Swanson. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into that. And join us for the next half of this, where we're going to dive into much more.
0: You're listening to The Coaching Show right here on WSRadio.com for our last dive. When we come back more with Gail
1: Swanson, stay with us. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now.
4: Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold, and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice,
2: Talk to me.
1: WSRadio.com
0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com
1: Come back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCullough.
0: That is the voice of Dick Warren, an extraordinary uh, radio man in his own right. And we will miss his dulcet tones unless I can talk Wade into letting me have that. That was beautiful. Uh, This is our, my (laughs) frequent listeners will know that we have been for 16 years here broadcasting out of WSRadio.com, a fine organization that has supported us greatly and mightily as we've done this podcast for so many years each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of what it is to be a coach or to develop the human experience, and today to develop the, the user experience uh, working with technology or interfacing with technology. Uh, next week and from there on, we will be coming from our our palatial mansion. I'm kidding. It's just a just a rented office. Uh, in. <laughs> at uh, Accomplishment Media, and we'll tell you more about that on the interwebs.
2: Yay, look forward to it. It's really exciting.
0: That is the dulcet tone of Clarice Connolly. You can find her at empoweringwomen.coach. She's a coach in uh, celebrating our third anniversary as a coach. I am not celebrating my 23rd anniversary as a coach. And we're (laughs) continuing our conversation today with Gail Swanson. Gail Swanson has a strategy-focused approach to design in a wide range of industries, most recently, currently, serving our country as a portfolio strategist for the Technology Transformation Service. Bet you didn't even know we had one. After building the strategy... Strategy Chapter at 18F. 18F, as we learned, is an office of the General Services Administration Mm -hmm, dealing mm -hmm. with technology and user experience of technology in the federal government. Uh, You can imagine the challenges, the the models, the business models that she's seen and um, dealt with. She's also, of course, been a mentor and a coach along the way and helps people tailor approaches to the environments they work in and play with. Uh, to increase success, you can find her on the web at gale Gail Swanson, S W A N S O N dot us. That's Gail dot us. Her Twitter feed is Twitter handle, is that what we call it? Yeah. At practically U X. That's at practically P R A C T I C A L L Y U X for user experience. Gail.
2: Yes. Oh, Gail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I asked you uh, before the break I asked you about challenges and I expected you to talk about um, not, not what you did talk about which is people's sort of adaptability in the federal government they're used to a certain amount of change and they've sort of inured themselves to it they're survivors in many cases are you not seeing the levels of burnout in government that most uh, people would expect or are you seeing it and it's just sort of the cost of doing business there I would imagine in our current political climate that would be exacerbated. Yes or no?
3: I, yeah, I, I do agree. that, that I, That's the number one thing that I see that leads to things like complacency or, or people um, kind of coasting or deciding to move on to something else is there are, there are challenges. It is Sometimes you have to do a lot of work Just to get to do the work, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know when passionate people who are really highly skilled, when they they're trying to get these things done and they run into barrier after barrier, after a while that takes its toll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times the you know people since they're working with small teams, small budgets, they probably don't have the support in place that would be able to help them through that in a, in a nice way. Um, you know, a lot of people they have to do a lot of independent work and while there's oversight and reporting and things like that, mm-hmm. there isn't somebody, you know, there maybe not isn't it, there maybe isn't a team um or a mentor that you can go to who knows what's going on, you know, from a a more personal point of view. Mhm.
2: So there are studies that show that um, overachievers have a higher incidence of burnout. So can you describe to us your own experience with burnout and some things that you've learned through the experience and how do you spot these warning signs in your teams
3: and yourself? Yeah, I actually, I'm still, I'm still recovering, I'd say, um, from my own burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, over my, the length of my career, I think I've had a mid-level of burnout for for many years and just kept trying to push through it and kept trying to find better situations or better work or uh, better environments, not realizing that what I needed to do was to take a a bit different approach to how how I was doing work and how I was really marrying that with my personal life.
2: Hmm. It's like no matter where you go, there you are.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that I learned is that really throttling the level of effort that you put into something um, appropriately is is a thing you have to learn over time. And, and people who really are passionate and driven uh, frequently will throw everything they are into something, even though the you know the chances of success are really low you know you may not have the support in place or you may have have constraints that really make it highly unlikely that you will be successful in in getting the outcome you want and so instead of trying to hit that that outcome Mm head-on you probably need to do some groundwork first and you know get Find your champions and start, um, you know, with change, with design. Design is change. You're always either making something new or you're making something that exists different than it was before. And so you can't just, here, here's the, here's, I'm going to change your world and uh, I need to convince you that this is the right thing to do and we're all going to be happy. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you all know this, that you have to introduce an idea. You have to get someone to the point where they're open to, hey, maybe we can do this differently. Maybe there's something better. Mm -hmm. Before you go in with all of your energy into, hey, let's make this thing happen.
0: And this is sort of our, uh, one of our earlier conversations harkens back to this, because in... In person, you can sort of do that. You can drop hints. You can sort of make it part of your hallway chatter, just sort of like, oh, yeah, have you thought any more about that, you know, new idea for using toads in our in our lunch program or whatever it is, and, um, and then check back in and that sort of thing. And so are you doing the same thing when you're working with people remotely, just sort of like dropping in ideas, or is there some way that Gail Swanson gets her ideas introduced?
3: Well, you know, I like to... Make those really forge those relationships before there's necessarily a need or a focused purpose. Mm -hmm. That I those are really the most productive uh, type of situations when you 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 over time build up uh, folks that just now are working in different aspects of the type of stuff that you want to make happen, and so you're working together you're helping them get things done you're offering them expertise in areas that they're not necessarily strong in or different things like that so you really become strong colleagues and you can and you're helping each other grow and do things getting that in place first before you want to you know say hey I want to I want to accomplish this with you I need you to uh, back my idea is, is going to be more productive for you but even even if there's somebody that you need to talk to that you need to get on board with something or some work you want to do with them reaching out to them and saying hey you know i, I think you might be interested in this thing i've been thinking about
0: yeah so just sort of uh building on relationship and then sort of slow roll in it is what i'm hearing Okay. What's uh? You're not trained as we would, as we who are professional coaches would consider coach training. Is that is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah. So your coaching is really sort of a form of mentorship and dealing with people. I can only imagine, as somebody who's not only working in the area of context and strategy, but also technology, that people you run into a lot of frustrated folks. Yeah. Frustrated yeah. because <laughs> they can't make the thing do it. I know that you know when my <laughs> You should I scream like a like an unhinged person when my technology doesn't work, and so people are coming to you with technology issues and their own relationship issues in terms of they've got some sort of a vision that they want to realize or why why can't we get these people the permits that they need if by pushing this button here and that sort of thing what what's what are some of your sort of experientially based strategies or approaches to dealing with frustrated humans?
3: The number one thing that I start with is listening, you know, listening of of course it, you know, it's, it's not a cliche. It really is uh, something that helps someone open up and helps you understand that what really is the root cause of the frustration sometimes and what they need. And, a lot of times the source of the frustration that that I, I've encountered is someone's not matching what they're trying to do with the environment that they're in so the let's say the goals of of their boss and the organization that they're a part of they haven't tried to mesh with that in, in a way that'll work you know like two gears working together they they they're not thinking of that. They're thinking of, how do I convince these people that this is, this is what they should let me do? So talking to them about, uh, you know, asking them questions and getting them to think about, okay, what do you think this other person who is, is the barrier or, like, you can't get a piece of software that you need. Um, okay, why do, why do we think you can't get that? Why are you getting a no? And kind of, you know, playing the five whys game of, okay, so they're saying no. Why are they saying no? Okay, what's behind that reason? And especially in government, you don't have to dig too far for things to start making sense and Mm -hmm. for you to start seeing Mm -hmm. that the reasons were good. The execution, when it gets piled on top of each other years over years, gets a bit convoluted and things don't hit their mark, but when you start to understand the the intent of all these layers layers of policy and stuff, and, and realize that they did make sense, mm-hmm. um, then you build that empathy, and you start can start looking. For, you can start finding opportunities to weave your way through to success and to getting that yes that you need.
0: I'm waiting for you to jump in because I think that you want to get a yes from your boss who might or it might not be me <laughs> in this
2: job. I was just writing down her recipe in case anybody <laughs> else was <laughs> uh, writing that down. I got it down for you. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of curious, um, what would you say are, in the field that you're working in, what would you say are the metrics? Like, if it is it po- profit that you're...
0: Well, yeah, clearly not because it's the government, right? So, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. That's a good point, right? Like like numbers of of national park permits might mm-hmm. be one metric, right? Sorry, I'm I'm way out ahead of you. No, I'll I like quiet. it. Go ahead.
2: Uh, this teamwork. We're a great team. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah, but so there are uh what in some industries you might call key performance uh, indicators, right? Mm-hmm. For what is that? Whoops.
2: Hold on. We can't we're having a technical difficulty, Gail. You sound like a robot. See, look, she is a Russian. I knew spy. this was gonna
0: happen. I predicted this. All right, we're going to talk amongst ourselves for a moment until while our while our technical people. This is hilarious, right? Talking to a tech expert and then having something technical <laughs> go wrong. Oh, well. Our user <laughs> That's adorable. Our user experience is not what we'd like it to be in this moment. Um, so, again, if you're looking to find out more about Gail and the work that she does, she's also one of the people on a female um, and non- non-binary speaker
2: I'm list, so ex- which
0: if you're looking for uh, you know, women who are underrepresented, generally speaking, within UX, uh, part of the wider technology sector generally, if you want to have... Um, uh, Gail come and speak, go check her out by going to Gail G A I L Swanson, S W A N S O N dot U S. Uh you can also check out her Twitter feed at at that's right, I said at at practically P R A C T I C A L L Y U X. Practically U X. I think that we're uh deciding that she has disconnected and we need to reconnect. So mm-hmm. um what I, do you what are your takeaways so far? Or did you have something else I have so to
2: many about? well every time I think of Swanson I think of Mary Swanson I from Dumb and Dumber.
0: <laughs> wow. It's funny. I, know, I think so of Swanson good. TV dinners because I'm much older. All right. But let's talk about Gail so Swanson. I,
2: I really enjoy um, she had, I mean, kind of like a recipe, but I just wrote it down by steps. I like the like listening, right? Like as coaches, we have to listen. And in, in listening, we're actually like listening for the root or what's the source or mm-hmm. what's the unmet need that's, hap- that's present. And really a lot of the like, what's lacking or where is there, where are people out of alignment? Um, I've never heard of the five whys game. Do you know what the five oh, whys yeah, game yeah, is? Yeah. What is that?
0: You just keep asking the why five because times. you get to the, yeah. Because yeah. Oh. so often we, we stop at the first why, right. like why? Oh, because we've always done it that way and then you're done. And mm. then, But if you keep going, the idea is that somewhere in those five, you're going to get to the root or the issue and you're mm-hmm. going to be able to see the context in which this arose, and create a new context.
2: Wow. So five wise game. I do it naturally. I just didn't know it was a game. That's Why? Great. Why do you do it? Because <laughs> I'm a very curious person. My uh,
0: my signaler is telling us, <laughs> the great way. Taylor is telling us that we've got Gail back. back. Gail, are you there?
2: Welcome back. Hello.
0: Hello. Sorry. We were doing a little filler and reminding people how to get a hold of you and that you do speak, uh, and you're one of the few women and non-binary people who are speakers in the UX community and that they should get you immediately to come and speak. Do you remember what we were talking about before?
2: Yeah, key performance indicators.
0: Right.
3: How? Yeah.
2: yeah. Fill us in. So,
3: yeah, so I was talking about something that, that gets thrown about a lot, which is cost avoidance. You know, we don't, hmm. we don't talk about profit in government, but, hey, if we can not spend money, that is a huge win. Um, you know, that's kind of almost the equivalent, really, to profit uh, in government. So if we can do something that, um, you know, it, it costs tremendously less uh, on the technology portions of something, or, hey, maybe you don't have your call center um, volume nearly as high, uh, if we... Also, things like if we can reduce the number of in-person appointments that people have to make, like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say, for example, you have a question about your Social Security benefits. Right. If we can provide a way for you to do that other than setting up an appointment, going into an office and talking to somebody uh, for something that's simple that you could do online so that... The folks that are already overwhelmed uh, ser- you know, serving in those offices, if they could focus on the difficult things, the unique situations, the complicated needs that people have, that is a huge win. So we look for ways to measure those things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. I love that. And, um, you know, I was thinking one of the ways that we could save some money is by not having a ridiculous parade. Or building a wall. Well, I have got a lot of ideas. All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> I met a, I met a woman. You'll appreciate this. Not you, Gail. Sorry. We're going to talk uh, side talk here for a moment. The. Um, I met a woman in the airport who is from Miami, uh-huh. and she says, actually, we want to build a wall in Miami to deal with the climate change, so we're just going to – anyway, I thought it was brilliant. Moving on. Uh, okay, so there are key performance indicators like cost avoidance. Are there other things? Like, do you take surveys of users' experience? Like, how, how do you know if people are actually loving that mm. modification or not, or do you just keep, keep going with internal ideas?
3: Oh, we we do a lot of user research, which includes things like, um, you know, the things that are out there already, uh, sitting down with the people that are, you know, actually using this in their daily lives, mm-hmm. sitting down and, and talking to them about, okay, what is your experience like? What is, what is difficult with what you have, what we're giving you to work with? Um, and... So, doing that kind of stuff, we the new things that we create will new designs and technology will. Before we put it out there in front of, uh, you know, launch it publicly, we will do usability testing. Uh, have 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 people that fit the group that would likely be using it and watch them use um, what we have so far and get their feedback and and see where they trip up or the things that aren't maybe working as we intended them to. That's a huge piece of what we're doing um, with making technology and government more user-centered. Um, and it's, it's really been a, an amazing thing that both USDS, 18F, um, and, and other groups have started to propagate throughout government.
0: It's just, it's just astounding to me how many different things. This must be endlessly fascinating. I'm thinking about just, for example, the Smithsonian, with whom I know you've worked. Um, and the, the Smithsonian deals with everything from narwhals, you know, their current, their current um, uh, exhibits are like epidemiology, right? How do, how do outbreaks and, and what's happening in public health and what could happen if there were a pandemic— to narwhals, to fossils, to butterfly collections, right? And then you've got the school kids that want to come, and you've got the private people that want to come, and you know, like all the things there. And then we've, and that's not to mention anything else, like getting a permit at national parks, which is the example I've been using. Um, is there is there a personal favorite project that you've worked on? Something that you've loved that was just uh, tickled you to work on?
4: Oh gosh.
0: And if it was um, a parade, I, my apologies. I'm kidding.
3: I'm just kidding. <laughs> parade, I'm 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 completely keeping my my politics. Yes, um, on the air. <laughs> Mine would definitely
2: have to be um, pandemics. Uh, I would be really great because I've watched a lot of The Walking stop, Dead. <laughs> stop.
0: I'm sorry, Gail. What What about you? What have you been particularly fascinated with or delighted by?
3: Well, you know, and actually, I think this particular do do? project. Um, it was really the crowning achievement of, of my career thus far. I, I worked on a research project focused on understanding what the experience is like for folks who are, who are using, um, you know, assistive services in terms of, you know, people that live below the poverty line and are in challenging circumstances. What is it like for the people who qualify for things like, um, you know, social security disability benefits, for, uh, you know, food stamps, which now is called SNAP, uh, Section 8 vouchers for housing, and things like that? What is it like when you're trying to get signed up for those and get those benefits and, and maintain that as, as you know, as long as you're qualified for it. Talking to people, we went around the country, um, you know, went to Louisiana, went to New York, um, talked to people in Chicago and New Mexico um, and out in California and Texas, come to think of it, and to hear what it's like. Mm -hmm. What do they have to do in order to uh, you know, make those appointments. What is the system like? We talk to people That's the people amazing. who work within the system who yeah. are serving those people to understand what their experience is like doing that work. It's so and cool. And yeah, it, it it was, you know, I can I can't tell you how many times walking out of out of those interviews, it just was like, wow, That's I I, I want to go hug everyone that I right. see. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for doing this important work for our government, for our people. Thanks right. for reminding us that there are real people who depend on this service and that you're supporting every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got about 30 seconds left in our time together today. Is there a parting thought or a parting shot you'd like to give 50,000 or so coaches today?
3: Well, I think what you just said about remembering that there are people um, behind all of these things is is just, so critical, especially when someone's facing challenges, getting them to think about that person on the other side as a human, that really opens up uh, doors for breaking down those difficulties.
0: Beautiful. The website is That's U S, And the site is lovely and the woman is lovely also. Gail, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. well Clarice thank you. thank you for being with us today and uh, thanks again to Wade Taylor and everybody here at wsradio.com the worldwide leader in internet talk we will talk to you again next week from our new digs at Accomplishment Media I thank you dear listener for listening each and every week as we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, human development and what it is uh, to support people in this crazy world of ours it's The Coaching
1: Show right here as it has been for 16 years thanks for listening and we'll talk to you Nowadays, Internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the Internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology
4: with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's ESET.com.
0: Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com.
1: Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444.
4: Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol, and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.
1: Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter. A world where children don't play or sing or dream or imagine.
4: At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we can't imagine a world without children. That's why we're working every day. To find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And we won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because we can't imagine a world without children. Can you?
1: Finding cures, saving children. St. you Children's Research Hospital. To learn how you can help, log on to our website, stjude.org. Cybersecurity is the fastest-growing job sector. The SoCal CyberCup Challenge encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The SoCal CyberCup Challenge. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. You take your smartphone almost everywhere you
0: go. Now WSRadio.com can be there too. Search WSRadio in the Play Store for your Android devices or iTunes for Apple and download the WSRadio application. WSRadio.com,
1: on your phone and in your ear everywhere you go. Download the WS Radio application. Do it now. It's very easy. WSRadio.com.
3: Are your feet hurting you? I mean really hurting you so much that you can't come to the fair and enjoy other activities with your friends? If so, you may have plantar fasciitis, a chronic inflammation of the connective tissues in the foot. I'm Holly Halsey. I'm a licensed acupuncturist, and I can help you with your pain. I invite you to visit me at my webpage, accusagehousecalls.com. That's A-C-U-S-S-A-G-E, housecalls.com. Find out what pain-free feels like.
4: I'm Nicole Heffel, an attorney with the Heffel Law Firm, and I'd like to encourage you to join me in honoring our troops. Part of the Heffel Law Firm's mission is to advocate for those returning veterans in need at no cost to them. You can help us with this by allowing us to serve you with your estate planning needs. I'd like to invite you to contact me at heffellaw.com. That's H-E-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F e-l-law.com or call 619-550-3080
1: Kenja Dixon was crowned the number one sales executive through hard work, deep thinking and the revelation of universal talk laws he now wants to share these lessons with you universal talk laws are what you need to know and use in business and at home to have successful and effective conversations Kenja Dixon shares his wisdom action plans and wealth Each book comes with a chance to win $10,000. Find Universal Talk Laws at KenjaDixon.com.